Good morning. We're so glad that you're here today and welcome and I hope you're awake. So look, I flew in and I'm flying out. So that means you cannot fall asleep. All right. It'll offend me if you fall asleep. No, I'm just joking. You can fall asleep. It's fine. Um, but we're so glad you're with us. I came here for three reasons. Three reasons. Number one, to preach at Sanctuary. Number two, to eat at In-N-Out Burger. And, uh, and number three, uh, to eat. We don't have Raising Cane's either. This is a shame. I don't know why people live in this God-forsaken country called the East Coast, but they do. And uh, God has sent me to help them, all right? And if I can help them with the gospel, or if I can get an In-N-Out burger there, or whatever, hey, it doesn't matter. Hey, as long as people are, are, you know, finding hope and help, whether it be in Jesus or in a double-double, that's just fine, all right? I'm so thankful this morning that Jesus is alive. I mean, thank you for that. Come on now. Oh, I'm so thankful for that. Everything that we do, everything that we're about as a church, as Christians, is for one reason and one reason only, and that's the fact that Jesus is alive. The Word talks about this. It says, listen, if Christ be dead, then we are most miserable. We are dead in our sins. Listen, the reason why we can gather together today, we can celebrate, it's not because we're just all nice people and we really love the sunshine and we love the free water. It's not because of that. We gather, even if there wasn't free water or sunshine, even if it was pouring down rain. Hey, we gather and we celebrate because we have hope this morning that Jesus Christ has risen from the grave and because he's alive, there is hope this morning. And that's why we celebrate. That's why we gather together. That's why we come together in this place is because of what he has done. And listen, churches for centuries have gathered together to celebrate, to remember the resurrection, to focus in on the fact that, yeah, maybe work is going bad and maybe my marriage isn't what it should be or Maybe my kids are not listening, but you know what? Hey, I need to stop in my week and celebrate that Jesus is alive and I can keep going another day. I can keep going another minute. I can keep focusing, keep working hard. Why? Because Jesus is alive. Churches for centuries have celebrated this truth. Every single Sunday, even today, thousands, hundreds of thousands of churches will gather around the world simply because of one fact, because Jesus has risen from the grave. That was true even with the very first church. In the book of Acts, we find the first church gathering together. Now, you have to understand the first church was made up of disciples, the 12 disciples, or 11 at the time, because Judas had uh, taken his own life. And, but with 11 disciples, and you understand these guys. These guys believed in who Jesus was. They for, were pretty confident that, you know, he was the Messiah. But then they had just experienced him dying on the cross, So imagine if the guy that said who he was dies. The guy that says, I'm God in the flesh. I am the Messiah come. And yet just a few days ago, you watch him being crucified, hung on a tree, and buried in a tomb. You might have a little doubts that he is who he says he is. But we find in the book of Acts that Jesus rises from the grave and the first church begins to assemble. It was the disciples, a couple guys, and they were meeting in a room and Jesus comes to them, resurrected, alive. I mean, nail prints in his hands and in his feet, but yet walking around with life and hope. And all of the doubt and all of the fear and all of the the confusion was now made clear. Yes, he is who he says he is. Yes, he is the Messiah. Yes, he did rise from the grave. And so now there's hope. Now there is, man, there's this power. Now there's this excitement and this energy because now Jesus comes to them in the book of Acts and says, now that I'm resurrected from the grave, now I have a job for you. 
And what's going to happen is we're going to assemble together and we're going to spread the good news that Jesus is alive. That started 2,000 years ago, and I'm thankful, hey, it's continuing on even into this day. Churches gather together. Why? To spread the good news that Jesus Christ is alive. And we find here in the first church, this begins. This, this, this purpose, this plan, this mission begins in the first church. And man, it, it was amazing. If you read in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter number 2, you find the first church was a dynamic church. A dynamic church. I mean, a powerful church. A a church filled with excitement, filled with love, filled with anticipation, filled with so many things. Man, it was attractional. People were coming from all over. Listen, they didn't have comfortable chairs either. They didn't have, you know, uh, nice amenities. They just had one truth. Hey, Jesus is alive. And so we got to celebrate that. We got to spread that gospel. We've got to, man, move forward in this. And the church became dynamic. I mean, it grew to thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds hundreds of thousands to the point where the finally in the word we read that the Bible says that about the disciples in the first church that they literally turned the world upside down for Christ. It literally says that. It was so powerful, so impactful, so dynamic. And you know, as we gather here this morning, as we gather on Sunday mornings, it's interesting to me because a lot of times when we gather together, we come to church and we say, okay, God, I need a word from you. I need you to speak to me. And I'm sure this morning there are things in your life that you're going through and dealing with. There's heartaches, there's burdens, there's fears that we all face, right? Some of you are dealing with some emotional issues. And you walked in, man, after a long week of work or an emotional situation you're dealing with, and you're like, man, I just need something from you, Lord. And I believe God's going to give that to you this morning. But I also believe that not only does God have a word for you today, I also believe that God has a word for Sanctuary Church today. That as we focus in on the church as a whole, and we look at what God has called us to do, and in some way, we're kind of reminded of why we do what we do, and we refocus. I pray that as we get into this word this morning, that you would uh, uh, be, man, it reignited, not just as an individual, not just as a family, but as a church, that you would come to and say, you know what? God had something for Sanctuary Church this morning, and I believe it's understanding what it means to be a dynamic church. What does it mean to be a dynamic church? Churches come in all shapes and sizes. And man, they have big churches and small churches and and churches with lots of programs and churches with just that meet in a storefront, churches with lots of people and not a lot of people. All churches are different. What makes a dynamic church? How do I know that when I attend a church that I'm at a dynamic church, a church that's moving forward, a church that's exciting, a church that is a part of the work of God and what God is doing? And we stop here and we have to take inventory of why this church, who didn't have nice facilities, didn't have, uh, you know, all kinds of programs, they didn't have, you know, uh, you know, maybe a great worship band, they didn't have anything, they had one hope, the resurrection. Why did that church, who really had nothing, Why were they so dynamic? I want to give you three thoughts this morning, and then we'll close up and we'll all go to In-N-Out or something like that or whatever we do on a Sunday afternoon. The first church, a dynamic church. What makes a dynamic church? We see, number one, that this church, the first church in the book of Acts, was dynamic because there was an, an, an anticipation of God's promise, an anticipation of God's promise. The Bible says in Acts chapter number one and verse number eight, it says, but you will receive power. 
when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We see God's purpose here was clear. Now, you got you to track with me, all right? Now, come on, we're getting there, right? We'll get to the part where we get happy and clappy and all that stuff, right? But we're not there yet, all right? Just hang on a second, all right? Here's the thing. God came to them. Jesus comes to them and says, look, hey, I'm risen from the grave. And man, they said, woo, yeah, Jesus, man, high five, Jesus, come on, Jesus, yeah. All right, he's risen from the grave. Now what? And Jesus says, I want to give you a purpose. Hey, let me tell you something right now. Hey, because the resurrection happened, let me say this to you right here. Hey, because the resurrection happened, you have a purpose this morning. You have a purpose this morning. You say, oh, I know. My purpose is to go to work and make money. Hey, no, no, no. Listen, if you're a Christian, if you know the Lord is your Savior, hey, your purpose is far greater than making money and buying stuff and, and you know, spending money on this and doing that and taking nice vacations. Hey, if you have Jesus in your heart this morning, my friend, you have a divine purpose. I, yeah, I is, Amen. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm getting going now. Here we go now. All right. That jet lag is wearing off. And I'm saying, here's what happened. Jesus comes to the disciples and he says, listen, I'm risen from the grave. And because I've risen from the grave, now you have a purpose. And he gives them a promise. He says, but you will be witnesses. There's the purpose. Your purpose is to witness. Your purpose is to spread my name. Your purpose is to let people know around you who I am, that I am who I said I was going to be. That's your purpose. But he says also, though, with the purpose comes a promise. He says, but you will you be my witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea. He says, but after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You see, there was an anticipation of God's promise. There was a purpose. It was clear. They knew what they needed to do, but they had to wait for God's promise. They had to be ready to receive the promise of God. They were ready to change the world. Man, they, they, they were ready to step out and say, man, we want to tell everybody about the Lord Jesus Christ, but they had to wait for God's promise. You know, a lot of times in our lives, we mess up what God's trying to do because we know our purpose, but we don't wait for the promise. And don't miss that. We look at it in the Bible, we see Abraham. Abraham had a purpose. Hey, you're going to have a son named Isaac, and man, he's going to build a great nation. And Abraham said, hey, I have a purpose. I know my purpose is to raise this young man for God's glory, and the promise was, I will send him to you. And Abraham got a little, got a little antsy, didn't he? He said, well, I know the purpose, but I can't, I don't have time to wait for the promise. A lot of times in our lives, God is trying to work in our lives. He's trying to do something great in our lives. There's a purpose he's trying to fulfill in your life. And you know what you need to do? Man, I know you're ready to go. I know you're ready to change the world. I know you're ready to step out there. And he says, wait, wait. But a lot of times we get ahead of God because we know our purpose, but we don't wait for the promise. And God will bring the promise in his eye. Ye shall be witnesses after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so what is our job in the midst, of, in the meantime? You know, what our, you know what our job is? We're just, we need to anticipate receiving it. Anticipate receiving it. You see, I, I have two boys. 
Marcus and Miles, five and seven. They're great kids, man. All boy, 100%. And they love hanging out with dad. It's, it's a wonderful time. And, uh, you know, we, we try to get into sports, you know? I mean, come on, this is what you do, right? You got two boys, right? And you have dreams of retirement, you know, and them going to the NFL and all these. They don't know that yet, but, you know, hey, it's okay, all right? I got a purpose. I'm just waiting for the promise. Come on now. I'm waiting for the promise, like six foot two, you know, muscular. Come on now, right? And, uh, and I, I kind of get obs- uh, obsessed a little bit with that. You know, sometimes I, I, I'll, I'll see someone walking in like a Chipotle or something. The other day I saw a guy walk in Chipotle and he, this kid was, man, I mean, he was like 6'4", you know, like 240. And I said, Lord, would you just give me some grace? Let my kids be like that, man. I'll tell you what, because I, I, I got a purpose. I just need your promise, right? And I'm 5'8", so I don't know, right? We might, be, we might be focusing on golf or something. I don't know. But I'll tell you, I got two boys and I love hanging out with my boys. I love spending time with them and connecting with them. And, and one of the things we do is we play catch, play catch, you know? And we'll play football or baseball or something like this. And we play football sometimes. And I'll tell you, sometimes it gets frustrating because they want to play with me. And I'll I'll get the ball. I'll get up. You know, go get the ball. We'll go out to the yard. I'll say, okay, here we go. And I can't tell you the number of times that I have smacked my son in the face with the ball. I mean, literally, and it ruins our whole time. Just a couple couple weeks ago, we were playing catch, and I threw the ball, and he wasn't ready to receive. And man, boom! Right in the eye goes down. You know, the world's over. And I don't. I'm not. Listen, I'm not trying to hit my son in the face with the ball. All right. Even though sometimes it's kind of you know it's kind of funny, but uh, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll sit back there. All right, here we go, and I'll throw the ball. And you know, man. The problem is they get hurt because they're not anticipating. Watch this now. Come on. You know where I'm going with this. They get hurt because they're not anticipating the ball coming to them. They're not ready to receive. And because they're not ready to receive all the things that they want in spending time with dad and making memories with dad and, and man, just having a good time with dad and learning and growing is, is gone. And we have to go in the house and I have to explain to my wife again, uh, you know, what happened? I'll tell you, hey, I tried to throw the ball. He wasn't paying attention. I had so many times, you know, hey, watch out, boom, hit in the face, you know, knocks him out and I go, oh, get up, you're okay. I try to be like Mr. Tough Dad, you know, get up. You know, come on now, get up, you know. I know some of you ladies, ladies, come on, it's okay. I'm not that mean, right? And some of the men are like, that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? That's good parenting right there. And I get up, come on, get up, man, you're all right. You know, I mean, the eyes falling, you know, but you just messed up. I'll tell you, all the things that they want, they don't get because they're not anticipating. You see, what we need this morning as a church, a word to Sanctuary Church, we need to get back to a spirit of anticipation. We need to get back to a place when we walk into God's house, when we sit down in the seats, when we hear the worship, when we walk in, hey, we're not walking in wondering who took my spot. That's my spot. We don't walk in and go, oh man, the waters aren't as cold as they were last week, you know? Oh, I'll tell you, hey, how come they move this over here? Hey, what's going on over here? Hey, how come I don't like that? I didn't, I didn't like that third song. I mean, the other two were fine, but the third song was a little rough. And who's talking behind me? And what's going on? And that guitar is a little too loud. Wait, hey, listen, hey, listen, we reminder, we don't come to church because of the guitar. Come on now. We don't come to church because the water's going. Hey, we come to church because we have a hope that Jesus is alive. And if he's alive, there's a purpose. If there's a purpose, there's a promise. And we got to be ready to receive. We got to come in and say, hey, I'm ready. God, I'm anticipating. I know you're going to speak. Listen, we don't come in hoping that God is going to be here. We come in 
knowing that God is going to be here. And we say, God, I'm ready to receive. Oh, I've had a tough week at work. Oh, man, my marriage. Oh, things are going wrong, finances. But you know what, God? I'm going to push all that aside. Why? Because you're risen from the grave. And if you're risen, hey, there's a purpose in my heart. Hey, there's a promise from you, and I'm ready to receive it. Ready to receive. we got to believe that God is going to work. We have to believe that God is going to bring what he said. Why was this church so dynamic? Anticipation. Ready to receive. You know, it's interesting. When I play catch with my boys, and after they get hit in the face, and we, and we, you know, we dust them off, and they calm down, I go back out. And as a father, I tell them, okay, now put your hands out. Now, this is how you have to do it. You know, my, my, my five-year-old, who'd who like this? You know, Miles, that's, that may not work, man. That may not work, right? I'll say, you put your hands right here. Let's like this. What am I doing? As a father, I'm teaching him how to receive. I'm teaching him how to receive. And you know what? As you wait for God's promise to fulfill your purpose, you know what God is doing? He said, okay, hold your hands just like this. Here, no, move it a little bit more. Because we come to God and say, I'm ready. And God says, that's not how it works. <laughs> Let me teach you. Let me teach you. Because when it comes, you need to be ready to receive it. See, I believe that God is doing something in this place. Oh, sometimes we come in to the church house and we don't feel it because we're so distracted by so many of the things. Hey, may this morning we get back to our purpose. What has God called us to do? God has called us to spread his word. God has called us to celebrate the resurrection. And I tell you, what, we can't be worried about what's happened three pews behind us. We can't be worried about what's going on in the parking lot. We got to come in and say, God, I believe and know that you are here in this place and I'm ready to receive whatever promise you want to give me. This church was dynamic, exciting, because they had an anticipation of God's promise. We see also here that their purpose was clear. We also see that God's church was united. It's interesting to me, in verse number one, it says this. It says, when the day of Pentecost, this is chapter two of uh, Acts chapter two, verse number one, it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. That's right. It's interesting to me how God's purpose came when God's church, God's promise came when God's church was unified. There's something about a church that's unified. Now, listen, they were all in one place with one purpose, with one mind. Let me say this here. Let me stop and say this. They had different personalities, but the same purpose. They had different preferences, but the same purpose. And that's the beauty of a church. The beauty of a church is that when we come in, we come in from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different experiences. Some of us come from maybe more traditional, more contemporary. We come from all walks of life, and it's beautiful how God brings us all together for one purpose. Different preferences, different personalities, but one purpose. And we cannot move on in this message without stopping and saying, wait a minute, the reason maybe why God's promise came to fulfill God's purpose was because the church was unified. See, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 133, I don't think it's on the screen, that's okay. It says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. See, some of you, some of you I'm, I, listen, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say that sometimes maybe God's promise is, is being withheld because the church is in disunity. And God knows that if he brings the promise 
to a disunified church that somebody might think that it was them that did it. Somebody may think, oh, yeah, they're not ready to receive. Listen, I can't throw the ball to my son if he holds his hand. they got to be ready to receive. And one of the things that gets a church ready to receive God's promise is the unity. Now, listen, this gets down into it. Because you go to church with people, and, and you know, you like people. I like people, right? I, let me say this. I love people. I don't always like people, to be honest with you, okay? I, I was flying here from uh, Baltimore last night, and I saw a seat in the very front row, uh, you know, of, of the airplane. I thought, Jehovah Jireh. Man, I'll tell you what. God has provided. And I went, I, I, I was kind of, I was, I was anticipating a promise, man, yeah. And I, come, I sat right down in that seat, in the middle seat, you know, and there was a guy next to me. I said, man, is this seat taken? He goes, no, it's not. He's like, but he looks over, he goes, but man, I got, a, I got something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> My love for that man went, I love that man in Jesus' name. I did not like that man after the three and a half hour flight of him coughing about 355 times. And I'm thinking, I gotta speak tomorrow, you know? And so we were playing a game, and I think he knew what I was doing. He would, he would move forward, I would sit back. Like this, and I, I was breathing through my nose the whole time. <laughs> I'm getting sick. And he would sit back, I'd move forward, right? I I'm not joking, I'm not making this up, I did this, right? Because I'm thinking, I, can't, I gotta speak, I can't lose my voice. I move forward. And we we're doing this game, you know, and he would go to move forward, and I would sit back, he'd go, you're fine, you're fine. No, 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 I know I'm gonna be fine, because I'm gonna avoid you. Right? I'll tell you, there was a little disunity going on there. I was, a couple times I turned around and said, man, is there an empty seat, man? You know, I'm like, I gotta, and you know, I'll tell you, sometimes we come into God's house, and man, we love, oh, we love everybody. We love everybody. We may not like them a lot sometimes, but we love everybody. You know what God is looking for? He's looking to bring his promise down to a church that's unified. Unified together in one purpose. Not unified in your mind. Not unified in your family, but unified together. Willing to defer. Willing to let bygones be bygones willing to forgive, willing to not be offended. And when God sees that, he says, oh, yeah, now they're ready to receive. They're ready to receive. We see the end. What made this church so dynamic? Number one, the anticipation of God's promise. Number two, we see the awareness of God's presence. The awareness of God's presence. It says in uh, uh, verse number two of Acts 2, it says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire uh, appeared to them and rested on each of them. Verse number four. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. There's the promise. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We see here the awareness of God's presence. Hey, Hey, don't miss this. God's presence brought a miracle. God's presence brought a miracle. You see, what made this church dynamic, what made this church exciting, what made this church ready for God to dump on his promise to him, his Holy Spirit of God upon him, was because they were ready to receive. They were unified. And when it came, they said, man, hey, we are aware that it is God's presence. Let me tell you something right now. I'm going to say this not to you. I'm just saying this in general right here, that, hey, a church doesn't need a lot of stuff. But the one thing they do need is the presence of God. 
I'll tell you what, you could take this church here. Oh, come on now. You could take this church here. We could go buy a tent. We could go buy a tent, and we could find a patch of land that has a desert and scorpions and all kinds of stuff. We could start a scorpion ministry and a snake ministry to make sure that the snakes and stuff. We could sit in the desert in a tent, and we could stand on the ground. And if we open up the word of God and God's presence comes down, hey, that's a dynamic church right there. Oh, let's be careful sometimes. We get caught up. And I'm not, listen, I'm not bad now. This is not, a, I am a positive guy. I'm a very positive person. But I'm telling you, sometimes, even me, I'm, sometimes we kind of assess a church based upon what they have and what they don't have. We kind of have a checklist. All right, well, it's time to go to church. Where do you want to go? Hmm, let's see. Who's having a concert? Hmm. They're having a, who's having some free, who's having the In-N-Out truck? All right. Right there, all right. Man, I tell you what, man, you guys, some, you know, some people are members of all the churches. What church do you go to? I go to all of them, right? I like to spread, you know, the body, to be a part of the body of Christ, right? And a lot of times what happens is we come into God's house and, and we, we have expectations of how a church should be for whatever reason. Maybe because what we see on Instagram or what we see on Facebook or what our friend tells us, well, at my church, we have that. Well, at my church, you know, on, on Mother's Day, we give out really big roses, right? Oh, you do, huh? I only get like a little, I don't get, I get a hand clap. That's what we get at my church, right? And a lot of times what happens is we come in and we are so expectant of things that we think a church should be that we miss the one thing that we need. We need the awareness of God. Listen, I'll tell you right right now, you could strip the lights, you could take away the microphone, you could take away the keyboard, you could take away the seats, we could sit on the floor. But if God is there, then God will do a miracle. God will do a miracle. Because, hey, where the Spirit of God is, when God's presence shows up, a miracle will happen. I'll tell you, this place is a miracle. It's a miracle. I just sit back. I'll tell you, I'm not saying this because he's sitting in the front row. I'm saying this because it's true. It's a miracle. You think about it. You say, man, one day, think about this. One day, a dentist decided, I'm going to start a church. Happens all the time, in case you were wondering. And he says, I'm going to go start a church. Why? Because, man, there's a need for people to be helped and a need for people to be encouraged. And God has positioned me to be able to do this. And so I'll take the little bit of free time that I have and I'll decide to start a church. And so he opens up his house and he begins to work and pray and bring some people on. And then they find a little school and they put down some carpet squares and they put up some chairs. And every single week for now, years and years, sanctuary comes and people come on Friday night and they set up the little carpet squares and they set the chairs just right and they put the tape just right why not because oh man look at our church they said no no we need to be in a place where the presence of God is yeah we don't maybe have a nice building that's ours yeah we don't have all the accoutrements up here but God's not interested in that he wants to know hey is there a church that believes I can do a miracle and if there is I'll show up there I believe this morning what we need to get back to is an awareness of the presence of God the awareness of the presence of God. You see, to me, as a, as a man with a family, I don't want to go to a, a church that has really cool like slides for my kids to go down because that's not going to help them in their Christian life. It might help them in a lot of other ways. And for, you know what? Don't tell them that, right? We went to a church other, a couple weeks ago. I was preaching in another church, and my son came out. He goes, Dad, he goes, I got three cookies today. 
Man, he was pumped, man. They got him. I mean, they, they got him right there. He was sold, man. He's like, God, this is a dynamic church, Dad. This is a dynamic church, man. You got three cookies. But I'll tell you what. Hey, let me, can I just say this as an outsider looking in? I'm going to tell you, hey, uh, can I just be honest? There's a lot of things you don't have. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that when we think of church that you don't have. But one thing you do have, but one thing you do have is the presence of God. And when you have God's presence, that's when God can do miracles. You think about your story. Think about the first time you drove down that long canyon road. And you thought, where am I going? You know, sanctuary church right, the end of the world left. And you came in, you sat in. I'll tell you, I remember the first time it happened to me. And you came and you sat in. You thought, this is interesting. (laughs) Okay, I guess we'll give this a whirl, right? And you sat down. Man, that note started playing. And all of a sudden, I remember, you kind of go, mm, you know what I'm talking about. That holy, mm, mm, mm. Got that spiritual stink fate, you know, mm. What is, what, whoa, feeling, I'm feeling something. Feeling something. Something's, whoo, something's happening. Man, God is working. God is, God is doing something. And man, you continue to come. Why? Not because, oh, everything was just right, but because there was the presence of God. And I'm saying to you this morning as a friend, listen, I would never leave a church just for something better over there. Hey, if I knew the presence of God was here, and I'm telling you, as a pastor who sits back and watches from the outside looking in, oh, I see the people running around. I see the guy on the 25-foot ladder making sure this left light is okay. Why do we do that? We don't do that because we have nothing else better to do. We do that because we believe that when we set it up, when we gather together, we believe that God is going to do something. God's going to change a life. God's going to save a marriage. God's going to heal a teenager. God's going to bring some, something in his life. And so we set up. We come in. We drive down the canyon. We make sure the carpet square is right. Why? Because the presence of God is here. And when God's presence is here, miracles can happen. Miracles. We see the awareness of God's presence. We see They were aware of God's presence through what they heard and what they saw. The Bible says, and suddenly, and suddenly, the Holy Spirit came. And they stopped and they said, wait a minute, something's happening. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, hey, hey, band, stop playing, stop playing, stop playing. Stop, stop, stop. Hey, something's happening here. What's going on over there? What's going on over there? I'm telling you, what we need, I think, what, what you need to do, and I would encourage you to do this, is stop and look around. See what God is doing. This is not normal. This is not, this is not supposed to work. But for some reason it is. Why is it working? Why do you keep coming? Why, why, why is it like this? Because God, if you look around, you say, look at, look at that marriage over there. They're healed. Oh, look at that person free from addiction. Oh, I'll tell you, last time I was here, they did the rooted testimonies, you know, with the cardboard, balled my eyes out bawled my eyes out and then stole the idea and brought it back to my church and we did it. And took all the credit for it. Said, I got this great idea I think we should do. 
I'll tell you, I bawled my eyes out, man, because I'll tell you, you think about someone walks up. Oh, man, someone walks up. And they say, man, I was depressed. I was lonely. Man, I was, I was ready to give up. They turn that card and they say, man, but I'm freed. I'm healed. Hey, why don't you stop and look and see what's happening? Look and see. Oh, man, every time. Don't miss. Hey, when those people come across this stage, don't just let that be something that says, okay, come on, come on, we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go. No, that's your opportunity to see how God is working. That's your opportunity to see how the presence of God is in this place. When lives are changed, when miracles happen, when things that shouldn't happen, happen, God's presence, and we need to be aware of it. And once I see it, once I feel it, once I know it, guess what I'm doing? I'm staying right here. I'm staying right here. We see an awareness of God's presence. God's presence brought a miracle. We see also God's presence brought a multitude. It's interesting. Verse number six says this, and at the sound of the, and at this sound, the sound of the mighty rushing wind, and at this sound, the multitude came together. This grew the church. The growth of the church happened because the presence of God was felt. Don't miss that. The growth happened numerically because it was a church that was ready to receive the presence of God. And I'm saying as God continues to bless this church and you continue to move forward and you continue to see God work, listen, people will come. You know why? Because they're going to hear about it. Because they're going to hear it. Do you know what? Did you know there was a, did you know there was, you know that canyon that leads to the end of nowhere? Yeah, that one, yeah. That one, I've never driven down. Yeah, I see people driving down, and I hear, I hear, I hear there's something going on there. Listen, you say, oh, that's not true. Let me tell you something right now. Every one of you right now know of some hole-in-the-wall restaurant, okay? We have this restaurant in Baltimore. It's called Fiesta Mexicana. Right? And yep, it's out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's one of those, right? Fiesta Mexicana. Fiesta Mexicana is basically, I think they knocked out a wall out of someone's house, put some double doors in, and Grandma, you know, Lopez sits in the back and cooks up her, 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 her specialties. Like, you literally walk in, you feel like you're in someone's living room. Like, I mean, like, they hand you a remote, like, sit on the couch. Hey, just eat here. It's a restaurant, but it is about as a hole in the wall backwards as you can get. And I'll tell you, people love it. Man, they come from all over the place. I mean, they're like, man, you, you, where you want to go? You want to go to Chili's? Nah, Chili's, what's that, man? That's some fake stuff. Hey, you want to go, hey, how about Fiesta Mexicana? Yeah, we'll go sit in at the kitchen table at grandma's, at grandma's house, and we'll eat something out of her, like, a little china dish that has, like, a picture of, a, you know, a rose on it or something like this. Man, I'll tell you, it's a hole in the wall, but I, so many people have told me about it. Why? Because there's something there. And when there's something there that's unique, when there's something there that's powerful, when there's something unique that, man, people get excited about, people will come. They don't care what it looks like. They don't care what it feels like. Hey, just give me the food I need to eat. Give me some of that good stuff right there. I'll tell you, listen, hey, if we have the presence of God in this place, if God is on this place, then people will hear about it. They'll say, man, I need some of that. Hey, I want to come over to there. Hey, I, I need to know how God can change my life. And they'll come in and they'll drive down some canyon, not even knowing why. I feel like I'm quoting Field of dreams. They'll, they'll come in down a canyon, not even knowing why, and they'll turn in, not understanding what they're doing, and they'll walk in, and they'll say, man, there's a lot of things that may not be here, but one thing I feel, one thing that's happening, one thing that I can't get past is, man, God is here. And if God is here, then a miracle can happen. Oh, he'll bring the multitude. But see, we got to stay united. We got to stay ready. We got to stay anticipating. We have to make sure that we're ready to receive. 
We see God's presence brought a multitude. We see also that God's presence brought a mocking. God's presence brought a mocking. Verse number 13 says this, but others mocked, others mocking, saying they are all filled with new wine. Huh. Man, God's working. God's moving. God's blessing. Man, there's, there's, man, they're anticipating the promise. The promise comes. There's an awareness. Miracles are happening all over the place. And guess who's over in the corner? I don't know who they are. We'll call them Frank and Billy. Anybody named Frank and Billy here? We can change that, okay? All right, okay? All right, we'll call them, I don't know. Fra- yeah, Frank, that sounds, like, that sounds like some good names. Frank and Billy. Frank and Billy are sitting there with their arms folded. That was a good Hebrew name right there, Frank and Billy. And uh, they kind of, look at these guys. <laughs> what are they doing? Look at them, look at them, Doc. Look at that, look at that. I'll tell you what, I don't know, I don't know what this is, but uh, it ain't God. I'll tell you that. All right, they're doing, I know what it is. Hey, it's, uh, I know what it is. It's the, man, it's the worship. That's what it is. It's too, you know, they, people come, they're not, it's because they have that in and out truck. That's what it is. Yeah, they come out the in and out truck. That's what it is. I'll tell you, people aren't coming to this church because, you know, <laughs> look at it. Mocking. Mocking. Let me tell you something right now. There will always be someone who mocks your miracle. There will always be someone who mocks your miracle. But just because they mock it doesn't mean it's not a miracle. Because when God does something in your life and in your heart and in your family, mark it down. There'll be mockers. There'll be people that'll walk in, yeah. Did you join the church service? Hey, wasn't that a great church service? Yeah, you know. It was a, yeah, it was a, it was all right, yeah, yeah, it was good, yeah. Well, what, what's wrong with it? Well, you know, you know, I mean, people are getting excited. I don't know about that. I, you know, when I grew up in church, we didn't get excited in church. We were stale and boring, and we sat there. And I'll tell you, the 10 people that came to my church, we, we didn't like each other, but I'll tell you, God was, God was meeting in that place with 10 people. Now it's shut down now, but I'm telling you, I don't think we can do I don't think we can do church this way, this exciting way, this happy way. This, you know, just hey, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna tell you something right now. Oh man, I I'll tell you, I could jump off this stage right now. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you something right now. I don't know about you, man, I'll tell you what, but I'm not gonna mock what God does. Oh yeah. Oh, of course they didn't get up on the stage and mock. They did it, they did it over at the uh, the restaurant afterwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, they didn't, they didn't go to the pastor and say, hey, pastor, you know, I got a couple concerns. No, they went to everybody else about the concerns they had for the pastor. <laughs> I don't know. We're just getting a little excited in here. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Hey, God has saved me. I'll tell you, I come from a broken home. My father left when I was two. My mom was a drug addict. My mom was, a, uh, was, was, was in alcohol, all kinds of things that happened. And I remember the day I walked into a church. I mean, I walked into a church. And I thought, man, what's, what is this place about? And I'll tell you what, ever since that day I walked in and I felt the presence of God, hey, God has changed. And yeah, there's been some cool stuff. And man, there's been some things in, in that church that happened. I'm thinking, man, hey, that must be God. I don't really understand it. But I'll tell you, I would never mock it because of what God has done in my life and what God has done in your life. Oh, don't get, hey, don't get so far removed from how God has changed you. You begin to mock the miracles. There are miracles that God wants to do. Miracles.
and there will always be mockers. There will always be people that will say, how can God be in that? I don't understand that. Watch it. Here's a, we've never done it that way before. You know, we've never done, I mean, I, I just don't understand how, what they're thinking. You know, got these young people up here and make me nervous, you know, make me nervous up here. Tell you, man, I don't know what, what are they going to do? You know, are they going to like do something? I don't know. Maybe they're going to praise God. Maybe they're going to, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, we got to be careful because God wants to do something. We need an awareness of God's presence. But then number three, we're done. Quickly, we see the actions of God's people. So the miracle comes, the promise comes. They're aware, they start to see what God is doing. Frank and Bill are over there mocking. That's all right, you stay over there, Bill. Yeah, okay, okay, right? Because we're gonna keep focusing on the Lord. And then all of a sudden they realize, okay, now that the promise has come, now we gotta do something. What do they do? We see in verse number 14, it says, but Peter standing with the 11 lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea, And all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. Here's what they did. Peter said, all right. Oh, we know God is with us. And if God is for us, no one can be against us. We believe. We're unified. We're together. Man, we've got a couple guys mocking us. Fine. Stay in the corner. We're going to continue to trust God. We're not going to let him mock our miracle. We're going to take a step of faith, step out, and do something great for God. Here's what they did. Number one, they proclaimed the message of God. They proclaimed the message of God. They said, you know, we need to tell people about the Lord. Then we need to share who Jesus is, the fact that he is alive. Hey, may sanctuary always be a church that proclaims the message of God, that proclaims the good news that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, that through him is eternal life, through his name is salvation. May we be a church that always continues to proclaim the message of God and say, hey, anybody can come in. We don't care who you are. We don't care what you've done. We don't care where you're from. Come on in. There's a seat for you. Why? Because we got a message we want to share with you. We see we need to proclaim the message of God. You see, when God's people are aware of God's promise, they will proclaim God's message. When God's people are aware that what we have in here is not what they have out there. See, we came in because we have hope, but there's a lot of people out there looking for it. They'll try to find it in some sports team and We'll try to find it in some recreational activity. But my friend, let's be reminded that the only hope that's here in this world is the hope of Jesus Christ. And we need to be a church that proclaims the message of God. We see they produce disciples for God. They said, man, we got to produce, hey, when they come in broken, when they come in hurting, when they come in, uh, man, overwhelmed by life, man, we got to proclaim the message, hey, Jesus loves you, he died for you, and now we're going to help them become disciples of Christ. You see, it, hey, it's multiplying. It's you came in, Matt, remember the day that you walked in, man, you were broken, you were hurting, you were overwhelmed by life, and you heard the message, and now you are continuing to be faithful to God, and now you are helping other people find other people. You're, you're helping them go through Rudy. You're helping them find out who Jesus is. You're making disciples. Hey, they, they wanted to produce disciples for God, growing spiritually, growing. Listen, we gotta be careful that we don't just attend a church that has, man, a lot of 
things on Sunday, but no depth throughout the week. We need some depth, spiritual depth. That's why the local church is so important that you get in, you stay in, you get plugged in. Why? Because it's not about just coming, checking off the box, eating a little in and out. I don't know why I'm on in and out today. Eating a little in and out and then going off and saying, I'll see you next week, right? No, no, God has called us, hey, to be evangelistic and to disciple and to go deep and to build community. Why? Because you can't do it on your own. You need support. The Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. If you come in and just do church shoulder to shoulder, never making connections, never going deep, never uh, learning and growing spiritually, man, you might be a mile wide, but you're an inch deep, shallow. God has not called his church to a shallowness. God has not called his church to just kind of check in on Sunday and check out as soon as the service is over. God has called his church into community, into connecting, into growing deep, into learning and growing together. That's what God wants us to be. And we see here, we see the last thing they did was they provided for the work of God. They provided for the work of God. It says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 45, it says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. We see what the last thing they did was they provided for the work of God. See, the gospel is free, but getting it to people is not. And it takes people who are invested. This is another level of investment. This is monetary. This is time. This is saying, you know what, I'm going to be here, and I believe. Listen, if you believe that this church is a church where God's promise is here, where God's presence is here, then you'll be willing to invest in it, not just with showing up on Sunday, but investing it in any way possible to proclaim the message and to be faithful in that to be faithful in that because God works needs your support God's work listen the church moves at the speed of your generosity and I, I believe this is a church where God's presence is here. And now what we need is God's people to say, you know what, man, I'm going to be here, invested in here. I'm not going to be hopping around. I'm going to be here, be focused, be growing, and be giving so that God's work can go forward. A dynamic church. A dynamic church. You say, oh, man. You say, Pastor Steve, I want to go to a dynamic church. Man, let me, let me get my list out. Who's having a, who's, no, 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 you miss it. The first church had nothing. But they had an anticipation of God's promise. They had an awareness of God's presence. And we saw the actions by God's people. I'm going to call the worship team up at this time. We just want to close our service this morning as we gather here together. And maybe God has spoken to you this morning in a way that would say, you know what, man? I see it now. And sometimes we come into God's house, we don't always see it. We don't always feel it. We don't always know it. We don't always believe it. But sometimes we need to be reminded of it. That this place is unique. It's incredible. And God is working in this place. This is a dynamic church. And let's continue to be committed to what God has called us to do. Oh, we've got a purpose. We've got a purpose. Now we're ready to receive the promise. And when the promise comes, we'll be aware of what God is doing. Look at that life change. Look at what happened over there in that marriage. 
Look what's happening here. All the multitude will come. There'll be some mockers. But if we're a church that says, you know, we want to be a church of action, moving forward to proclaim the message of God, there's no telling what God will do. Lord, we're so thankful this morning. We're thankful, God, for your presence. God, we're thankful for your power. We're thankful for your promise this morning. That God, as we gather together as a church, that Lord, if you are here, if your presence is here, then God, you can do miracles. And so Lord, right now, we trust you for miracles. We trust you for miracles in the lives of individuals. We trust you for miracles in the life of this church. Father, remind us of why we do what we do every Sunday. Refresh our purpose. Refresh our passion. And God, may you work in our lives and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name.